Hey, Georgia educators, we have new discussion guides available to use with Classroom Conversations episodes. These discussion guides include open-ended questions to facilitate great discussion and professional learning after listening to each podcast. Find the new discussion guides posted with the Classroom Conversations episodes and blogs in Georgia Home Classroom. Georgia educators, welcome in to Classroom Conversations. I'm Ashley Mingwasser, and this is the platform for Georgia's teachers. It's also our finale episode, so we're concluding with the event of the season. Steam your ties, cut some stems for the banquet table. You're now attending the wedding of science and reading. In Georgia schools, there's a beautiful marriage between literacy and STEM STEAM underway. Students are learning to solve problems, test ideas, and collaborate when reading by applying STEM and STEAM principles. To tell us just how they do this are two Paulding County pros on the matter. I'll get to them shortly. This episode is presented by the Georgia Department of Education in partnership with Georgia Public Broadcasting. And now for our guests. Amanda Garrett is a second grade teacher at McGarity Elementary School. Amanda actually helped her school get STEAM certified. Sarah Wetherington teaches grades K through five and is in her first year as a STEM teacher at Union Elementary and New Georgia Elementary. That's two locations. Welcome teachers. Good afternoon. How are you today? So great. You doing Thank good, you Sarah? For having us, yes. Yeah. Have you ever been on a podcast before? No. Have you ever been on a podcast, Amanda? Not of this caliber. Oh, well, that's <laughs> what we like to hear. You two drove together today from Paulding County, right? We did. Who drove and who chose the playlist? Sarah drove, <laughs> and uh, my nonstop rambling would be the playlist. <laughs> that's all we need, Amanda, because you guys know what you're talking about in terms of STEM. Now, you got your school s- certified. Was it STEM, STEAM, both? What's the difference? So we are STEM certified. STEM certified. Um, And then the STEAM would be if there was the added art component. Okay. So we do have an arts department within our school, but when you apply for certification, um, you can apply through the STEAM pathway or through the STEM pathway. So right now we are STEM certified, and we are the first elementary school in Paulding County to earn that. So we're very proud of it. Congratulations. When you are STEM certified, do you do you like to stay STEM, or do you add that A in there potentially down the road? It's definitely something we're looking at for when we do our reaccreditation. That is a beautiful thing. Well, I, I would like the backstory on how you guys got into teaching. Sarah, tell us your tale. So um, I got into teaching because my mom was a teacher, And um, she always came home and told me stories of the impact that she would make with her students. And I wanted to make a huge impact in the lives of children. So I decided to become a teacher as well. So here you are. So here I am. Why STEM? Well, STEM, I actually actually started out in a traditional classroom um, teaching fifth grade and then third grade. Um, But I found out that I was integrating STEM into the curriculum more and more Hmm. because my kids were so engaged. And then our district brought on novel engineering, um, which had STEM integrated into it. So moving into a STEM position seemed like a natural progression for my career. And who wouldn't want to teach 
um, what they love all day, every day. Beautifully said. Absolutely. And thank you for teeing up novel engineering, which we'll get to shortly. Amanda, how did you discover your path to the teaching profession? So when I tell this story, everybody finds it quite humorous. Um, (laughs) We like funny. I I was kind of like the school brat. My mom was part of the education field, so I grew up around school. Um, I had decided that I didn't want anything to do with it once I graduated. I wanted to go into (laughs) banking. I wanted to go into advertising, maybe nursing. Um, And then I had a nephew who was born with some special needs. And when he was old enough to go to school, his teachers helped connect our family to him. They helped us learn to communicate and open doors that without educators wouldn't have been possible. Wow. And right then and there, I knew that's where my heart was. Um, mm-hmm. I laugh and say that every day I still have to um, get my kids to buy into lessons, so I'm still in advertising. <laughs> um, I've passed out a lot of Band-Aids, so I still get in some nursing. You're a nurse. And when you have to budget for a classroom of 20 or more students, you definitely get in some banking. You're so a banker. I found a way to do all the things I wanted to be when I grew up inside a classroom. How clever. And have that impact that your your family experienced mm-hmm. firsthand from, from teaching. Can I get a couple of fast facts about you guys? Uh, what do you do in your spare time? Can you just tell me any hobbies or, or what you do? When you're not teaching kids? (laughs) When I'm not teaching kids right now, I definitely love to spend time with my family, love to read. Um, As I told you, I became a Grammy this year. So I think that's my favorite title in the world right now. Grammy. Um, But definitely love to read and just go experience life with him. It should be become a Grammy, win a Grammy, (laughs) right? I feel like that's how it should go. What do you do in your spare time, Sarah? Um, In my spare time, I... I really hang out with my family, and yeah. uh, we love to go hiking and do things outside. That's cool. Do you guys hike uh, mostly in Georgia? or Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. There's so many great places to go in Georgia. Most people don't know. you got to follow that that Instagram account, the Travel Georgia or Explore Georgia. It's okay. So our favorite, Sweetwater Creek. Oh, yes. Yeah, I know Sweetwater Creek. Go, <laughs> go and follow Explore Georgia. You'll be surprised what's out there. <laughs> well, I want to play Would You Rather Teacher Edition, shall we? Okay. A little fun game in store. Um, would you rather get one extra week of vacation or win your school's Teacher of the Year award? Amanda? Ooh. <laughs> I work with such an incredible staff that I don't know that my name would ever be on top of that award. Stop it. But what if I get to win Teacher of the Year and I gift my team with a week's vacation instead? How fabulous. I like it. What do you think, Sarah? Extra week of vacay or Teacher of the Year? Oh, probably extra week of vacay. <laughs> Um, I don't know. Teacher of the year. I feel like we're all teachers of the year in some sense. We just, we all do things. We all work very hard and whether it's your label or not, you know, as long as you feel like you're giving your most. I feel you like. are teacher of the year. Yeah. That's the way to live that manifestation life. I'm teacher of the year. Just, just step into your own best teaching. Yeah. Brilliant. I love that. Here's your next, would you rather, would you rather have a class full of quiet, reticent students or a class full of loud, over-talkative students? Loud and over-talkative. Really? Yes, ma'am. Why? Um, because they're not afraid to share ideas. Yes. They're willing to take some risk. They're not afraid of failure. And all those are huge in a STEM class. Good point. Yeah, and I'm a STEM teacher, so my class is never, ever, ever, ever quiet. Um, I would much rather have the loud, talkative class because that's when their best creative side comes out comes out of them Mm -hmm. i get it last one would you rather have your textbooks and teaching materials be fully electronic or fully print can i have a 50 50 
if you want to not play the game, Amanda, sure. <laughs> you can. You like half and half. You like a balance. I really want the kids to see the technology and get their hands on the digital textbooks because I know yeah. it's the future. Yeah. But I also want them to have a background to know where that came from. True. So to be able to hold on to a book, to flip those pages, that's huge. That makes a lot of sense for STEM, too, because we're talking the digital age, right? Mm -hmm. I would rather have it fully electronic because nice. I could print them out. Ah! <laughs> oh, she found the loophole. Um, but, I got a wink for that one. Thank you, Sarah. <laughs> you're welcome. But then if they're fully electronic, like she said, that's the way that we are moving. And it's much easier to make something electronic a print form than print into electronic. Yes, that takes hours. I know from experience. Anytime you've accidentally not saved a document, you have to go start over. Yes. It's not a good time. Do either of you have a favorite quote about STEM or science that you'd like to share with our audience? So I, I really love uh, Benjamin Franklin's quote, tell me and I'll forget, show me and I may remember, involve me and I learn. And I learn. Yes. Hmm. I like good old Ben. Yes. I think my favorite is don't be afraid to start. Oh, yeah. Because everything starts with a first. It's a first step, a first thought, a first question. So not being afraid to take that first beginning step. Do you ever see your students kind of tarry and wait when they're dealing with science? A little bit of hesitation? Sometimes you do. It's a really beautiful thing. We've created a culture at McGarity that really is a STEM culture. So by the time they come to me in second grade, They've been immersed in this for two years. So when I say, okay, guys, it's challenge day or it's time to work with your partner or what do you want to know more about, then they've had two years of this. They so know what that they're means. just ready to go. They're like, what materials can we use? Oh, great. They're primed to start. Why is literacy so important to STEM and STEAM? Sarah? Um, I would say literacy is so important to STEM because when you are able to integrate STEM with reading, you are making a direct connection that provides students with an authentic problem from, from the text. Um, and then are having students solve that problem from the book that they are interested in. Adding the STEM component allows students to cultivate creativity, critical thinking, collaboration, and communication skills, yeah. which we call the four C's. The four C's. Yeah, mm -hmm. I've heard those on the show before. It's very catchy, the mm -hmm. four C's. Why is literacy so important to STEM, Amanda? So when you think about literacy and what that means in our society as a whole, it's being able to take in new information. And so as we move toward that digital age where they're not going to find those books always in print, it's so important that Yes, the students are learning to read and they need that, but this gives that purpose. When you have a student who maybe struggles to read, but they love science, they love figuring out how something works. Ah, it's it, the hook. Yes. So we're able to use it as a jumping off part to get to the part that they may love or the part they may feel successful with. And so they'll put in the time with that text. They'll reread the passage if they need to, um, which is great for building their comprehension skills. And they do it out of that desire for what's coming next. What am I going to get to do with this text? It's very active, mm -hmm. this approach. If you can recall, what was your, your aha moment that, that STEM and literacy can go hand in hand? So for me, I was in a kindergarten classroom and I realized that I had some students who um, we would do challenges at the end of the week. So being in a kindergarten classroom, you're working on phonemic awareness, you're working on letter sounds. Mm -hmm. And so we had a student who really struggled with some of those things. 
Um, but at the same time, he had great um, hand-eye coordination. He had great motor skills, gross motor skills, fine motor skills. And so where other students found their value in, I can make 26 letter sounds, he began to find his value in, I can lead a team. I can create structures. And so they began to see the value in each other as a teammate. And so where they might have helped him read the directions, he could help them interpret those directions because nice. he understood what it meant. So, so. that uh, did you did you tell me that collaboration was one of the C's? Is that true? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So demonstrating that. What was your aha moment that literacy and STEAM go hand in hand? Um, I would say my aha moment is that was that um, – uh, students are more engaged when they are reading with a purpose and they're yeah. trying to find that problem in the book that they can solve using the engineering design process. And STEM really is for all. It doesn't matter what students' reading levels are. STEM is an equalizer mm. um, and it helps students to build confidence when they get to do it. Yeah, you're, you're setting them up with that immediate analytical hat when they're diving into a text so young, which is Mm -hmm. going to serve them so well in the rest of their K-12 education and beyond in life and college. You you alluded to this earlier. Describe novel engineering. (laughs) I need a definition, please. Okay. So novel engineering. Novel engineering is a research-based strategy that was designed by Tufts University that has proven to increase reading comprehension tremendously. Um, In novel engineering, Students are using the engineering design process and integrated with literacy to identify a problem from the text, think through the problem, come up with solutions, and then they have to go back and read the text with a purpose um, to follow the engineering design process to then come up with a solution for the problem. Okay. So they, they go back to the text multiple times yeah. and looking for different things. How do you use novel engineering to support literacy and STEM in your class? You first, Amanda. So when we're working our way through a text and they're trying to comprehend the terms, um, currently right now we've been reading a biography of Abraham Lincoln. I love him. And so <laughs> we love him. However, his life growing up as a child is a lot different than my second graders' lives growing yes, up. Yes, it was. And so when we stop and we have a challenge that's based on transportation he would have used as a child or creating a shelter that they might have put up as a family, it brings the context of that story to life. It brings um, the realities of the differences in the two worlds to the kids. Yeah. What what happens in the story? What kind of problem did they see? So there's a couple of different problems that we'll work on with this book and the kids really get into. Um, the one that we've just finished this past week, the family was moving. And so the families loaded up all their belongings into a wagon and they're moving from Kentucky to Illinois. Um, but Abe has to walk. Mm. There's room in the wagon for his mom. There's room for his sister. But he's either walking or riding one of the horses. He doesn't get to ride in the wagon. In the wagon. And so my kids were just immediately heartbroken that they were not traveling together as a family. And so they came up with the solution or their task was to build a wagon that could hold the supplies and had four seats so that everybody in the family could ride together. Look at that. So they engineered the solution. They did. And what grade is this? Second grade. That is truly marvelous. How do you use novel engineering to support literacy and STEM. Sarah? Um, Well, using novel engineering is a chance to bring stories to life by solving problems that are connected to the text. 
In our district, novel engineering is our starting point for STEM integration in our classrooms with the engineering design process and is a stepping stone for moving into larger project-based learning projects. Um, when I was a classroom teacher in fifth grade, we read a book called Bud Not Buddy. And um, the problem within the book that, I, that we found was uh, to find out what a Hooverville looks like and then design one for Bud and his friend that will sustain them. So students then had to go back in the book, figure out what a Hooverville was, mm -hmm. um, what it looked like, and find all the supporting details and then um, use that information to create one. Okay, awesome. These are really cool exercises. I want to hear about more activities that you're doing with these concepts. How do you incorporate the engineering design process into STEM literacy activities? And if, if one of you could just kind of explain the engineering design process as part of those activities, that would be great. Do you have an example? Sure. Um, the engineering design process, the way we've laid it out for our kids, because again, I have a K-2 background, so we use a lot of visuals. Mm -hmm. And so um, we've laid ours out to follow the horseshoe. And so as they work through their problem, they're constantly going back to that visual and working their way around it. Around the um, horseshoe. It starts with a question. So you've got the problem. And then they start to imagine some possibilities. What could we do about this? What would we need to do about this? What kind of supplies? And that leads them to creating a plan. Mm -hmm. And so learning to draw it before they just start to build it. Um, learning to think through and reason. And they have those collaborative moments. And the goal is really to build the 21st century skills that companies are looking for. Yeah. You know, that's the end goal. We want them to be literate as far as being able to read and then also in those 21st century competencies. Um, so they work their way through that. Once they've created a plan or a blueprint, then they start to build. Um, they realize that sometimes, okay, this isn't going to work out the way we thought it was. You <laughs> know, go back to the horseshoe. You, you, you just can't stick a marshmallow on the bottom of something and have a really wide um, top on it. It's not going to be supportive. <laughs> um, so then they get a chance to go back and they get to improve and make those changes. And then the last part of the engineering and design process is to actually share that out. And so sometimes they share it in the form of presenting to their peers. Sometimes it's presented to their parents or even community partners outside the school building. That's fascinating. Is there an activity with literacy you've done recently where you've used this? So one of their projects that they've done recently, um, they built cardboard carnival games. And so they really enjoy doing that. Um, it comes from a game where the characters all go to a local carnival and um one of the characters is cheating at the game. And so the task is that uh, the carnival needs games that are cheat proof. And ah. we have a local company that worked with our school, a partner, and they let the kids build their cardboard games. And then we made videos of the top games that the kids voted on. And their company got really involved with going through and rating those top 10 games and coming up with a winner. And so it became just a great event for them. Um, the company was a game rental company, so it kind of gave the kids more of a purpose of working for a client. Look at that. And not just a classroom project. Second grade. So yeah. um, they got very um, competitive about their projects. Nice. <laughs> I love that that company was involved. You had a, you had a community partnership, community yes. collaboration going. Community partnerships are huge when it comes to STEM. Yes, I keep hearing that. How do you incorporate the engineering design process into some STEM literacy activities, Sarah? 
Um, so the engineering design process is really in everything that we do in STEM class, whether integrating literacy in STEM or just through STEM challenges projects. Right. Um, that's how students learn to problem solve and develop a growth mindset. It's a process that everyone goes through, like you and me, um, when they're thinking of how to solve a problem. Mm-hmm. So you have that design thinking process in place in order to then improve upon your design. Okay. Is there an activity you're doing with your your class right now that would be a good exemplar of this? Yeah. So um, right now we're learning about spiders because that's what they were interested in. Really? And so the upper grades, um, we read a quick book. In STEM, it looks a little bit different. It might, it's just going to be sometimes a 45-minute block instead of like carrying over because I only see them like three times a month. Mm -hmm. Um, So we read a quick book. We read The Spider Who Couldn't Make a Web. And then um, they had to build a web out of various materials in the class, an accurate web. Um, And uh, it had to be able to hold their spider. And they did that. Mm -hmm. What kind of materials did they use? Um, I just laid a bunch of stuff out on the table, string, yarn, pipe cleaners. And then they were like, well, how are we going to do this? (laughs) <laughs> and I gave them some popsicle sticks. Well, then they ended up turning the their chairs over, like their four-legged chairs. They turned those over and put the seat part on the table and had the chair legs sticking up. So they wound. Could weave their webs. Yes. They're so clever. Look at that. I know. STEM in action. Yes. Very cool. All of this activity is so dynamic and stimulating that it strikes me that it probably takes a little bit of time to plan this. What do you say to teachers who think, I don't know, guys, I don't have time for literacy and STEM? What do you say to that? I would say try it. Um, Your kids are going to be so much more engaged. It's, It's having that purpose. It's having that reason to go back and read a second time. It's having to work with a neighbor. Um, It should be um, incorporated. It should be integrated. It shouldn't have to be STEM and literacy. Um, You know, using that design process just becomes the lesson plan for the literacy at that point. There you go. It's like getting rid of the and and then you just have STEM literacy. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. it's the thing. Mm -hmm. Sarah, what do you say to teachers who are reluctant? Uh, Kind of picking back up. Piggybacking off of Amanda, um, integrate, integrate, integrate. Yeah. It, def- it definitely doesn't have to be literacy and STEM. It can be literacy with STEM. Um, provide a model for STEM as an instructional model for self-directed learning. They can solve problems and then answer questions. For example, when I was a classroom teacher um, in fifth grade, I had a wonder wall in my classroom where students would pose questions they wanted to solve from the text that we were reading using the engineering design process. So oh, that would kind of spark our novel oh, engineering. Wonderwall. I wonder if that's where Oasis got the song Wonderwall from. Probably Do not. they have a wall of wonders? <laughs> you know? I, I, I doubt it. Maybe. You ever played that song in your class? No. Feels like a missed opportunity, Sarah. <laughs> I'll remember that. They may not be the right demographic. But right. so it sounds like at the end of the day, um, there is time because this is the mission and we and it's actually more fun and more engaging for you guys and for the students. Yes. Yes. Okay, great. Well, I would love if you guys could impart a best practice, a favorite activity, something that will help our educators out there model STEM and STEAM in their reasons. Anything come to mind? Um, I would say that you definitely need to be prepared and organized. As you said, it takes a lot of planning. So that's first and foremost. And then um, start out small, maybe with a wonder wall or some way for your students to experience the design process that makes the connection of literacy with STEM. 
Nice. Amanda? For us, we started with smaller challenges, and then we built into novel engineering, and now we're even taking it a step farther into project-based learning. So it's okay to start small. Just start. Just start. Like your quote was. What was it one more time? Don't be afraid to start. Don't be afraid to start. (laughs) Look at that. We came full circle. It's not the horseshoe shape. It's a circle on that one. (laughs) Good job, you guys. Any last words about STEM and STEAM literacy? Um. I would say that STEM is a little scary to some who are not accustomed to it at first because it's kind of loud and it looks a little chaotic, (laughs) but it's such a great benefit to the students and you'll get to see them in a different light. Mm, What do you mean by that? um, Like you'll be able to see students who might not traditionally thrive in an academic setting begin to blossom when given the chance to use the engineering design process. And in turn... Other students might also see those students in a different light because now the tables might have turned and they might be able to outperform others just not just in a non-academic way. Lovely. Mm-hmm. Parting words for you, Amanda? I think the biggest thing is your classroom will look different. Um, this is student-led learning, and so there's no one right answer. Not every product is going to turn out the same. Not every process is going to turn out the same. Um, But you will hear common vocabulary. You will see um, the work getting completed, the things that you need for your students. You'll see the standards being met. And when you see that, then it's worth a messy classroom and a little more noise than most teachers want. Well said. That's the fuel to keep going, isn't it? Those Mm -hmm. results. Well, thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Amanda. You guys are forever guests of honor at this table. So thank you for being here today. And then there were none. Ah, That concludes a dynamic, intriguing season three of Classroom Conversations, featuring an incredible cast of educators in communities across our state. We hope you've been able to share and learn over these past 15 episodes, and we look ahead to elevating more teacher voices and timely topics in our conversations to come. With the official season three sign-off, I'm Ashley Mingwasser. It's been a pleasure hosting Georgia's Educators. You just wait until you hear what's next. Until then, just remember our mantra. You're a great teacher. Goodbye for now. Funding for Classroom Conversations is made possible through the School Climate Transformation Grant. 